What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church podcast. Remember, you can always visit us on our website, fathom.church. Our messages are all available there, as well as on our Church Center app and YouTube. You can check us out on Instagram or on Facebook. In addition to our Fathom Church page, you can request there to join our Fathom Family Facebook group. That is the very best way to keep up to date on all of the great things happening at Fathom. We hope that your new year is off to a great start, and we look forward to growing stronger with you in 2021. A great resource to remember to check out is our Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. There you're going to find some practical, casual conversation, just a couple of leaders applying Sunday sermon to faith, life, and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. So we hope to see you there, but for now, we're going to jump right into the message. Uh, Let's take into our final part of our Soul Detox series. I've heard from so many of you, and even as I walk through the building after service, I'm just hearing what God's doing in your heart. And I pray that it's been like a big sponge that's just being squeezed out from all the mess and junk of uh, last year, maybe many years that have been kind of accumulating in our heart. We've been able to detox our soul. Some of us are detoxing our bodies uh, too. Next week, we're going to uh, end and with a little break fast. That's where that word comes from. We're going to break that fast uh, together uh, next week. I hope you'll stay after and, and celebrate with us and remember to sign up. Let us know you're coming on the app. Um, but excited to talk to you today uh, about the tortured soul. Um, the tortured soul. When I was a kid, uh, particularly like in middle school years, I got really into wrestling. Um, or some of you might know it better as wrestling. <laughs> Anybody like grow up with some wrestling, watching wrestling, yeah? Some of you may still be into it. I guess this is like a, a new like, um, a headquarters of wrestling here in Jacksonville. There's like a, a new thing that Shad Khan started, uh, AEW. But I remember when I was a kid, we got super into wrestling. I remember when I was in sixth grade, I went to WCW Monday Night Nitro. It was all, I mean, it was like my whole dreams. I watched this on TV, and we went there, and the main event for the night, some, anybody like old school wrestling fan? Anybody? Okay, thank you. I was really worried I was going to be the only one raising my hand. Thank you for not making me feel alone today. Um, but I, I remember going, and they had all these like, you know, lame events, and then there was the main event, and it was Goldberg. Oh yeah, that, that dude in his black you know, underwear out there wrestling with a shirt off, big muscular dude. And he was a former football player and he did the spear. Anybody remember this? He'd spear him and just knock him down and like everybody went crazy. And so um, for those of you that haven't been around like sixth grade boys um, or even like younger boys, when we watch something, like we watch Ninja Turtles, what are we going to go do right after? We're going to go dress up as Ninja Turtles and be the Ninja Turtle. Like, that's what we do when uh, we're little kids. Girls are probably the same way. And, and, um, and we did that. And so we started pulling mattresses together. We had played it on the Super Nintendo or the N64, and now we're in real-life wrestling mode. I remember one day we got four mattresses together and played a real Royal Rumble. It was amazing. Like we, we weren't strong enough or really didn't know how to knock anybody out, but we were serious about the submission hold. Somebody that's into like um, uh, UFC stuff, that, that, that's a big part of it is the submission hold. And, and the idea of the submission hold, like I, I, I want to do it to Beckett. I'll probably do it when we're home though, um, is the figure four. Anybody remember the figure four? It's like this one thing where you like twist their legs like this and then turn it into a four and then you flip them upside down and just till they scream. The, the point of submission holds 
wrestling is to torture them until they give up. It's to torture them. We, we played, and so we never knocked each other out, but all those mattresses was to get somebody in an arm bar or full Nelson. I love the full Nelson. You know that. My last name's Nelson. So I love to give them the full Nelson. Whatever we could do, the leg lock around the stomach, it was to torture them, right? And that's not, that's not real torture. That's not real torture like what has taken place around the world um, but when we think of torture, oftentimes we think about physical torture, like a submission hole that just makes you give up. But I want to talk to you about soul torture, because I think a lot of us, our souls have been tortured for far too long, and I just I believe that today there's a moment in which we collectively, by the Spirit of God, are going to draw a line in the sand and say, no more will I be tortured. No more will my soul be tortured, because here's the reality for all of us. Romans 3.23 says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We sin. Paul talked about it later in Romans 7. He's like, hey, I get it. Like as Christians, like the things I want to do, I don't always do. And, and the things I, I, I don't want to do, I do. And, and like there's this, this crisscross in which I, I make mistakes and I fall short. But what ends up happening is guilt comes in and shame comes in for the things we've said, the things we've done, the mistakes we've made. And it begins to torture our souls. That's why 1 Peter 2.11 says this. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires because they're waging against your soul. They want to torture your soul. The, the sinful desires, that's their, their, their goal. And so I, I'm just guessing that, that all of us in here, we've done some things, we've said some things, and maybe you felt guilt about it for one day and then moved on. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about those mistakes we've made that don't let go, that continue, like long after I've asked for forgiveness, long after I've stopped thinking about it, or I'm trying to think about it, it's still torturing my soul because I've fallen short. Well, we've got to ask ourselves, what, what tortures our soul? Well, we're tortured by the sinful things we've done, first of all. We're tortured by these things. Um, uh, we know that everyone sins, as I just talked about. And I'm reminded of the um, passage, I believe it's in John, um, um, I, I, I can't remember the location right now, but the, the passage where, where Jesus draws something in the sand to the woman who was caught in adultery, and he draws the line and says, hey, he who is without sin, let him be the one to cast the first stone. And like they all, all these religious leaders walk away because they know that they've all sinned, right? Uh, we're, we're tortured by the sinful things we've done. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about the regular guilt, but I'm talking about the stuff that tortures us long after it's happened. I remember a time, I was in seventh or eighth grade. I was in middle school, and I was on the school bus. Anybody a cheese wagon rider? Anybody know what's up? Right? I'm connecting with some people today who are wrestling fans who rode the cheese wagon. What's up? Um, I remember riding the, the school bus, and there was this girl um, who ended up becoming a friend, but in this moment, she said something to me that was true, but it made me mad, and I responded back at her with the most vile comment I've ever made in my life. There was no reason for it. She did not deserve it. It was filthy. If you ever asked me, anybody ever asked me what it was, I will not let it come out of my mouth. Because for years and years, from that moment, I was ashamed of what I said in that moment. She said something that was true, and here's just something about truth. Before the truth will set you free, it'll make you angry. 
and it made me angry. And I spewed it back out. Maybe some of, some of you have done that uh, with a spouse or a loved one, a friend who said something that was true and hit you wrong and you just spewed it back out on them and you're not proud of what you said. That's what happened to me. For years and years, I was tortured by the exact phrase that I said. I never want to say it again. never want to think about it. And it tortured me. Uh, David uh, says in um, um, Psalm uh, 38, uh, 3, says this, There's no soundness in my bones because of my sin. My, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Anybody ever felt like that? I'm not talking about like the, just a little bit of a guilt for the one thing. No, no, I'm talking about the stuff that just keeps torturing you that the enemy just keeps trying to dig at. It keeps trying to, and then I love what it says in verse three. It, he says, there's no soundness in my bone. Like it's, something's not complete in my strength. It's like rotting me out from the inside. And like we said last week, when it comes to um, the, the heavy soul, we're smiling on the outside, but we're heavy on the inside. With this, we're like, everything's fine on the outside, but we're tor- being tortured on the inside. And it's the guilt. It's the guilt that, that, that the enemy is torturing us with, which is waging against our souls, and it feels like it's too heavy to bear. It tortures our soul. And, and I know there's probably some. There's probably some that's like, hey, that would say, hey, that's just God trying to get you to change your ways. Maybe you even said that to yourself when you felt that torturing, that reminding of your guilt that this is, this is God trying to get my attention so I'll change and I won't feel this anymore. And I would just say, if you're saying that, if that's the dialogue in your head and your spirit, I would just say you don't know the character of God very well. Because God is not a manipulator. He's not like your aunt or your dad or your mom he, he, he doesn't try to manipulate the situation to get you to do what they want. Or the church like you, you were growing up in and they just made you feel bad about everything you did. God's not like that. Romans 2.4 says, don't you know? It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. He's not trying to manipulate us. He's just trying to like die for us and get us freedom so that we may enjoy this relationship and this life that he has brought us into. We don't have to be tortured anymore by the things we've done. We can draw a line in the sand. It's not just that that tortures our soul. We're tortured by the lies we've believed too. Lies we've believed about who we are. Lies we've believed. Probably some kids in this room that are believing lies, some students that are believing lies like I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. Some adults who have made some mistakes through their life and say, God couldn't use me. I can't be used in his kingdom. I want to remind you what, what John chapter 8 says is that uh, those that are lying to themselves, you're belonging to the Father, your Father, the devil, and you want to carry out your Father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. This is why we so desperately 
need to be locked into the word of God. This is why so desperately we need to make core nights a priority as we dig deeper into the word and really apply it to our life and really process this, some of this, the scriptures in community and come to know and have a passion for God's word. Like I, I imagine if I just pulled throughout our church, do, do you have a passion for God's word? I think there'd be a lot of folks who would say, definitely not. Like I'm, I'm lucky to pull it up once a week. This app thing's kind of working for me for a little bit, but, and I just have a heart for you. I, I'll just tell you, I was there once, standing, bef- like sitting before my Bible and just like, God, you gotta help, you gotta help me have a passion for your word because I don't have it now. And I just prayed that honest prayer and I began to put myself in places in which I could learn and grow even when I didn't feel it yet. And I began to know the truth. And the truth began to set me free. But we've got to begin to know the truth so that we can spot the lie. Some of us, we're living lies. We've got lies, just scripts going on in our head and they're torturing us, but we don't know the truth to combat it. We don't have enough of the word of God in us to be like, no, 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 that's not true. We're thinking God is trying to guilt us into getting our life back on track. That's not who God is. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So we need the word of God. We need to be able to recognize these lies. And the greatest lie that we ever believe is that God doesn't love us and that he's not for us. It's the greatest lie we ever believe. He loves you. He is for you. And he calls us into loving relationships to be made in the image of his son, Jesus Christ. What lies have you been believing? I'm guessing maybe it's a lie. Maybe it's something you've done. Maybe it's a, like you can think of one of each. <laughs> I'm guessing if we think hard enough, there's probably one of each. And what do we need to do? I think we need to tell our soul like we've been doing, uh, uh, like we did at the, um, the, the heavy soul and the, the restless soul. What, we need to tell our soul tell our soul something. First, we need to tell our soul it's better to confess your sins than to hide them. Um, We just naturally, it's a reflection of the garden, isn't it? That when we do something wrong, Adam and Eve were naked, and as soon as they did something wrong, what'd they do? You know, and they kind of began to put, uh, put coverings over themselves. They were, they were ashamed they were ashamed. And we need to learn that it's, it's better to confess our sins than to hide them. I love this scripture in Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen. It says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. You know, it feels like what's going to get us the furthest down the road. I can't tell my boss that I stole that or I lied about that because if I do... I might get fired. We think that lying many times in that moment, kids, we think that lying in that moment, adults, we think that hiding it is actually going to do better. But the scripture tells us that we're not going to prosper that way. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. It's not just saying, oh God, I'm sorry. It's renouncing that. That God, that was sinful. I was wrong in that. I, I use my kids as an example many times, and, and we're constantly telling them, and parents, you've probably done the same, hey, if you tell me the truth, it's going to be a lot better, any, any parent ever said this, it's going to go a lot easier for you than if you lie to me. 
Any parent ever said that? Yeah. It's going to go a lot better if you'll just tell me the truth. But we've got to renounce them. It doesn't feel like that's the easiest thing to confess. So, but I have to make sure we understand today that we can't hide sin. We can't hide it from God. Scripture tells us that eventually our sins will find us out. Eventually our sins will be revealed. Well, and we have a choice to whether we can own up to our sin or eventually our sin begins to own us. And for many of us, that's where we're caught in this torture is that we've never owned up to it. We've never confessed to God and said, I am I'm sorry. Because we confess our, God, uh, confess our sin to God to be forgiven. But we confess our, our sins to people to be healed. Let's read these two verses. Uh, beginning with 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. Hey, if you confess your sins, he's faithful. Every single time, he's going to forgive you. He's going to forgive you. And he's going to purify you from all unrighteousness. And so if you feel that guilt coming back on, that is not your conscience. Uh, that's not the Holy Spirit. Like guilt is not coming from God. That's coming from the sin, but that torture, that's coming from the enemy. If we confess our sin, he's faithful to, and just to, to uh, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But if we confess our sins to people, we're going to be healed. This is what James chapter 5, verse 16 tells us. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Forgiveness happens when I confess to God. Healing happens when I confess to somebody else. Forgiveness, healing. And most of us, we don't do both. We do one and move on. I told them, now I'm moving on, and we never actually prayed to God for forgiveness. And so we feel better. I got it off my chest. (laughs) But there's still this torture that's going on there because we didn't ask for forgiveness. We still feel dirty about it. Or the other way around, we'll ask for forgiveness and be like, that's good, that's good. But then we're still battling it. There's still this hole there. There's still this crack in our soul by this sin that's, that's, that, that's there. And we need to, to tell somebody to be set free and healed from it. When Taryn and I started dating, there was just some things pre-Jesus that I wanted to to make sure we were starting our relationship on a foundation of honesty and everything. And um, I was scared to death to tell her, but there was just burning in my heart that, man, I, need, I, I wanted to be completely honest with her about this life of sin that I had lived before. It was, it was a testimony uh, of sorts, but I was still hurting. I had, I had asked for forgiveness, but I had not confessed to anybody about some of these things. And I and I did so to her, fearing, not knowing what the response would be, but I chose not to hide it, and I shared it with her, and you know what I found? Is I found exactly what um, Psalm says, or Proverbs says, that I found mercy. I chose not, I found mercy, and you know what it did for my soul? It healed my soul. It did exactly what these scriptures uh, guide us and speak the truth into our life. And she was a vessel for that mercy. She was a vessel for that healing. And so if you find yourself on the other side of that, where someone's coming to bear their soul and to share, hey, this is a sin I committed. I'm falling short. Hey, we're not going to coddle that sin. We're going to renounce it. But we're going to bring mercy. 
and healing and forgiveness because that is what God is doing. That is what God wants to speak into that. And, and I've been healed of those things. I've never been tortured by those things ever again from that moment on. Both things were in play. Forgiveness and the healing, the confession. And so we, conf- we confess to God for forgiveness and we confess to others for healing. And we pray with each other. What a powerful thing. The second thing we need to tell our soul as the band comes and, and I'm gonna wrap up is that Christ will set you free. Christ will set you free. Some of us find ourselves in, in situations far too often in which we just throw our hands up and be like, oh well, better luck next time. And we've fallen back into old sins, fallen back into old habits or old mindsets. We say, oh well, better luck next time. I'll, I'll try harder next time. But, but I believe Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 has something for our soul today. No temptation has overtaken you except what's common to mankind. Hey, you're special. Mama told you you're special. God says you're special. I'm just saying, you ain't that special. <laughs> We've all got trials. We've all got temptations. We've all got the struggle of what it means to be human. It's common to mankind, Paul says. And God's faithful. He's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he's also going to provide a way out so that you can endure it, so that you can stand up on top of it, so that you can stand up in the middle of it, some translations say. I love that. You can just stand up in the middle of it. But many of us, we've waded out into the waters without the power of God without a clear understanding of his truth, and the waves just come and knock us down. And that is not the plan that God has for us. He has created us to be more than conquerors. He has given us a way out before we're ever in there. If you're one who's battling temptation, maybe old habits and falling into old ways, I I wanna repeat what a spiritual mentor of mine always told me, never let your feet take you somewhere you know you can't handle. If that's hanging out with that crowd, then it's hanging out with that crowd. If it's being in that restaurant, then it's being in that restaurant. If it's being at home by yourself, then it's being at home by yourself. Don't let your feet take you anywhere you can't handle. But know this, at every moment, every temptation, every trial that comes on, God has already made a way out. It's not just, up, better luck next time. No, no, he's given us freedom and he wants to set you free he wants you to know freedom he wants so that you will not have to be tortured that there will not be a foothold in your heart for the enemy to come in and torture to poke at poke at it hurts um one of my best friends growing up josh i love josh i haven't seen him in in years um, but he was a lot bigger than me, a lot stronger than me. He went to college for, to, to be a, a baseball player, had a scholarship for baseball. And um, he was a, a year or two older than me. And, and when we were wrestling one day, he had me in a submission hold. It was, it was rough. I mean, I was little. I was a little. I'm still not that big. But he had me in, a, in one of those submission holds. And, and I didn't know how I was going to get out. And I reached up and I stuck my two fingers like in his eyeballs. And I gouged his eyes it's kind of a sad story because he eventually started wearing glasses because of, I think it was because of that, I don't know, he never blamed me for it. But, but I was in that submission hole and I was sick and tired of it. I was sick and tired of being tortured and I just, I did whatever I had to do to get free of it. 
And I stuck my hand in his eyes. And I think for some of you, getting on your knees and praying for forgiveness today is sticking your fingers in the eyes of the devil. Confessing to your spouse or confessing to somebody else is going to be like, not today, Satan, right? Not today. You're not going to torture me any longer. I'm drawing a line in the sand. Christ has set me free. That's a moment for some of us to have. Maybe it's going to be coming to the crosses or bowing down at your seat in just a moment. But I want to ask you to stand. I want to pray for you. And as I I pray for you, I I just want to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. Just all across the room, maybe there online, you can just close your eyes too. Because I want to ask you a couple of questions as you bow your heads. Nobody looking around. If you just say, hey, Pastor, I actually, I've been tortured by some things I've done. Would you just raise your hand? Just let me know. Hey, I I hear you. I've been, I've been, been tortured. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one. If you're in here and you say, hey, I've been tortured by some lies I've believed, will you just raise your hand? I'm glad I'm not the only one. Father, you see us today, God. Your children, called by your name, under the blood of Jesus, Father. God, we're not going to be tortured by what we've done. You've already paid a price for it. God, so today we tell our soul, God, we give you everything. We turn it all over to you, God, and we know that you've set us free. And he that the Son has set free, we're free indeed, God. We don't have to second guess ever again whether we're free. God, today's a line in the sand. I will not be tortured by my past anymore. I will not be tortured by lies anymore. By things I've said, things I've done, and the lies of the enemy, we will not be tortured. God, we draw a line today. God, we are free. We are sons and daughters chosen, beautifully made in your kingdom to be useful, God, and to bring you glory. God, right now in this very moment, God, we come to you. We ask for forgiveness. I'm asking it corporately, but God, in just a moment, we're going to begin to pray that individually. God, we're going to begin to draw those lines individually. And I pray that as we do, God, as we break our prayer day, God, as we close this service today, God, that we will never be the same. Our soul is cleansed of those things. No longer does the enemy have a foothold on us for those things that are under the blood of Christ. God, I pray that today we would be forgiven, we would be healed and set free by the power of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen. There's gonna be some folks at the cross that says, I'd love to pray with you, we'd love to pray with you. Uh, Come as you are today, let's worship, let's pray in this moment.